All right, big show today. What's in the news, Marlon? Nothing. Nothing? Not a lot. I mean, there's right. like one big acquisition story. Ooh. Is there an acquisition story? I love M&A. One of my favorite yeah. What do we got? Poshmark. Yeah, oh, that's, Poshmark. Where, we're, oh, that's yeah. where we're gonna go with that one, yeah. Maybe a little maybe a little bit of the other thing. You're kidding. Oh, oh also there was breaking news right while we're on air that uh the Twitter <laughs> deal is gonna go through apparently. So we'll talk about that to the extent we can. I gotta yes. tiptoe along the third rail, as it we were. Definitely are. And we're gonna talk about circular economy startups and their mm. exits and their incubation at Google. It's getting really interesting yes. out there and the idea of like not buying new stuff. Thrifting. Uh my daughter's Thrifting. way into this. Kids are into this. Yeah. Uh, and then Selena Gomez has a new mental health startup called Wondermind. She just raised that $100 million valuation with no revenue backed by Serena Williams. We're going to talk about that and how do these celebrity deals go down and the future of mental health being delivered digitally. Yeah, and it does not go the way you think about that valuation, nor does our conversation about liquid death raising $70 million at a $700 million valuation. Really great conversation. Important conversation. Yeah, stick with us. This Week in Startups is brought to you by Vanta. Compliance and security shouldn't be a deal breaker for startups to win new business. Vanta makes it easy for companies to get a SOC 2 report fast. Twist listeners can get $1,000 off for a limited time at vanta.com slash twist. Squarespace. Turn your idea into a new website. Go to squarespace.com slash twist for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code TWIST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And Lemon.io. Need to speed up your product development without draining your budget? Hire vetted engineers from Europe at Lemon.io. Go to Lemon.io slash twist to get 15% off for the first four weeks. All right, big news day today. It's Tuesday. Once again, my phone's blowing up. So weird. Twitter. So weird. So weird. I'm just here to talk about the big, big, big acquisition news in the tech industry today. Poshmark. Oh, Oh, is that that being bought? (laughs) Anything else in M&A that we should talk about? Uh, or not I talk just, about for those of you who are not joining us live i just want mm-hmm. you to know it is now 10 33 a.m and it was at roughly what 9 57 <laughs> or 9 50 yes that the breaking news, news alert came down 9 42 a.m is when i got the wall street journal breaking news alert saying elon musk proposes closing twitter deal at original terms Billionaire's mm-hmm. lawyer sent a letter overnight making the proposal. Got it. The end. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> congratulations on your purchase. And uh, congratulations, Twitter. I guess. Yeah. Congratulations, Twitter. Uh, trading shares of Twitter were halted almost immediately after, but before they were halted, sure. they shared they climbed as much as eighteen percent on the news, as you might imagine, um, yeah. because that climb put them at forty seven ninety three, which is still, you know. A little bit under the offer price of $54.20 per share. Yeah, so obviously, uh, if you've read in the press, uh, or <laughs> my at mentions, and my haters, uh, I'm a little bit dragged into this. Uh, although I'm not super involved in it, if I'm being honest, and uh, I have a couple ideas, I think for the <laughs> couple brand, ideas. couple of ideas on the margins, I think some of them are good. Um, I'll talk about all this when this is buttoned up. But um, I can't get too into details about it. I think, and just to be very clear, I don't know anything. I literally do not know anything. Uh, so I didn't know this was going to happen. D- don't know any details, just so we're super clear. And I do think um, Twitter under new management could uh, be an amazing platform. I think it's got tremendous potential. I've said that forever. I think it's got incredible, incredible potential. Um, and if you can lo- land two rockets at the same time and build a million electric cars, whatever it is. Um, I think you could just make this company more one, functional. Yeah, definitely not the same jobs, but we'll see. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. All we know yeah. is that yeah. this is where things stand now. I cannot imagine any scenario in which the board uh, is going to say no to the price that is a significant yeah. premium over what the stock has been trading at. And very likely, um, it may have been finally pointed out that like contracts are contracts and that should you lose this case the delaware court has the power to just like take your company 
if you don't follow yeah, that's through. Right. There's a lot of like, there's not there a, was a know, lot of speculation on what they would do if the person didn't pay or something like that. Uh, you know, right. a crazy scenario like that. And well, yeah, it's not even that not crazy, right? Like the Delaware court has the Delaware. The, if you incorporate in Delaware, those are the rules. That's why Delaware keeps everybody in line. I think it's um it's a great jurisdiction for it is the primary jurisdiction for doing startups uh, for a reason. And yep, uh, exactly, yeah. rules really matter. Like accountability matters, rules matter, and maybe that's what we're maybe that's what we're seeing today. As we'll for see. as for the rest, who knows? Now is now, people. <laughs> All <laughs> we know no is what's happening share, right now. So. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's talk about the other big acquisition. <laughs> Sorry, I really can't. It's I know, we like, were like, me not being able to talk is... I can't even imagine what you're... You, do you feel it physically? Do you have a stomach ache? Like, it's kind of like getting stabbed with a kryptonite uh, spear. You know, like, there's always, like, a scene where Lex Luthor is, like, about to get annihilated by, like, Superman, and the eyes are beaming up, and he's about to, yeah. like... And then Lex Luthor's like... Beep. And you know, you just like he stabs him with a you know a spear with a little tip of kryptonite. And goes, ah, it's Superman is just on his. That's Your how I, literal it's like my kryptonite. Worst nightmare to not be not able to talking talk. is is my kryptonite. However, <laughs> not giving my it's opinion is my kryptonite. Very very kind of smart true. of you, and I'm not going to bait you any further. <laughs> you've, you've you've done a good job so far. <laughs> I Thank was you. Like, Ooh, the bait is just right there on the hook. Should jump out of the water. Bite I'm, I'm really I'm trying so hard trying so hard all right next so uh poshmark poshmark let's just talk this about is uh poshmark is a fashion what, what do they call it a subscription it's like a or resale. A it's a resale e-commerce marketplace so, so marketplace, people yeah yeah Somebody so people resell used right. goods it's super popular with the kids because mm -hmm. you can get you know cool stuff cheaper um they're sort of like poshmark and depop are the two big competitors in this space for kind of resale e-commerce. However, despite being very popular with the kids, uh, Poshmark is being acquired by the South Korean e-commerce company Naver Corp for $1.2 billion. That values it at $1.6 which sounds perfectly respectable. However, it is also less than half the price of when mm. Poshmark went public in early 2021. Its peak market cap was $7.3 which it hit on the day it went public. Its competitors uh, include Depop, like I mentioned, of course, also ThreadUp, the Consignment Shop, Facebook Marketplace, and the Real Real. And um, mm. this is just an interesting, this kind of raised this question. We're seeing this like circular economy thing get more popular, resale of clothes. Yeah. But also, there's this question of like direct-to-consumer e-commerce, I guess, and how hard it is yeah, to Yeah, a lot up, of right? things going on here. Um thrifting is a trend so this is a big deal uh mm -hmm. my daughter who's 12 and uh some of her friends they like to go thrifting so yeah. whatever town we're in you know we were in tahoe and there's like five thrifting stores on lake tahoe or around there and this is like a, an activity mm -hmm. to go thrifting uh for young kids today and uh i took my daughters for ice cream my daughter had a blazer she had thrifted five college-aged uh women uh came over to my daughter at the ice cream store to compliment her on her outfit and wanted the details and you know she's showing them the labels and how much she paid uh, for it. it's like, thrifting is oh it's uh, a huge uh, it's a yes. huge thing my son has gone on several dates that consisted specifically of like thrifting and huh. then going out for lunch like it's the it's but, a hot activity that's it. That's really mm -hmm. interesting. So whenever you're running a startup and you see like some energy like this, you can kind of ride that wave, right? And so you don't have to create the wave. The, the wave exists for a reason. And so what, what is the, the core reason this exists? Well, there's a generation um, who I think care very deeply about the planet. They've probably read or learned, perhaps even been indoctrinated to this concept that, hey, the planet is screwed and everything matters. And so what matters? Like spilling dyes and, you know, creating things that you don't need, all these Amazon boxes showing up to your home. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a generational shift that that's lame. It's lame to, yeah. you know, uh, what are the, what's, and then there's fast fashion, which is the other trend mm -hmm. that I think these are kind of like two opposing tides. Fast fashion is, hey, you could buy a Coachella outfit if I'm correct, like for 15 bucks, mm -hmm. but it's disposable. And like, you do not expect these clothes to last. 
They're not right. built to last. They're, they're going to be shredded and thrown away. This used too- to be your H&M, a little bit your Zara, and now it's all Sheen all the time. Sheen, And right in fact, now. there was just a... It's so interesting because mm-hmm. you have these two opposing Gen Z forces. Like one is, you know, wanting to shop more sustainably and being aware of the, the climate crisis and wanting to do thrifting because that's really cool. But then when there was like a Insta- uh, Gen Z's favorite brands mm. and ah. Sheen was like up there, it, it was above any clothing retailer. That's fascinating. So yeah. I guess they love it. You know, and and. There's this other thing of they're not hey, all can, indoctrinated. Well, I mean, I think it's a good indoc. This is an indoctrination is. that I think is pretty yes, great. It's a I mean, I, it's a religious kind of fervor I find with the young kids. Uh, you know, on certain topics these days, they are very yeah. passionate about. You know, certain things. If you live in California, and one of them is sustainability, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's really been uh, drilled into them like. The world's ending uh and this your buying of clothes is, is part of that and it's like okay great it's, that's not true but okay sure it's every little bit helps i'm sure um and i think it also has to do with this um controlling your spending uh is another trend that's going on here yeah which is i notice a lot on like social media and tiktok there are young people counting up how much they spend every day now this was a device in magazines right we you'd have a magazine they'd show you like all the different clothes that somebody bought what they cost right but i remember when we were growing up it was kind of aspirational like you should be buying these i was like i remember someone this like 30 dollars armani socks and i was like who pays 30 dollars for armani socks i can buy like i was like a 10 pack of socks for oh you mean when you I was like, oh, you mean when you graduated from Old Navy to Gap, and then when you ha- yeah. had made enough money that you could go from Gap to Banana Republic, that sure. was it. You had arrived. Yeah. And, and you know, the, <laughs> there was always another sucks. level to go to, right? <laughs> and and, and yeah. I think now they've kind of, people are opting out of that treadmill of what's the next brand that I can afford that I can trade up to. And you also start with cars. People started with, you know, whatever, a Honda Civic and oh, maybe I could afford to use Volvo, and maybe I could afford a Saab. And, you know, obviously, Mercedes and BMW became like the the height of, you know, what a young person could aspire to own um, mm-hmm. for their car. I get the sense that people are taking a different approach to this, which is kind of awesome. Because if you don't, if you don't put yourself on that treadmill, uh, in college, I think maybe the thing that broke people, mm-hmm. yeah, higher education costs, if you just opt out of all that, uh, which I've actually done in my life a bit. Um, man, your stress level just goes way down. Mm-hmm. My stress level is super low because I don't waste money on nonsense. Like I don't fly private jets. I don't, you know, stay at ridiculously expensive hotels. Some kid was perplexed that I was in coach the other day and was like, well, there were no first class seats available, but it's also because they were like, <laughs> you're like, so was I, to be fair, I also, I was, was pretty perplexed too, but <laughs> no, I routinely say if I am traveling under three hours, I don't care. You know, if I, if it's a, if it's not like a big difference yeah. sure I'll, I'll take a business yeah. class ticket whatever um but i i'm kind of like if it's if it's absurd you know i don't mind you know uh being in a you know in a coach and uh yeah. people are kind of upset at me for it <laughs> like, like two different people like what are you doing in coach on like the same trip one going and one coming back they're like you're what are you doing flying co-? one was because i was flying coach one was because i was flying commercial and i'm like number one like how rich do you think i am number two like why would i Fly a private jet alone. Yeah. It's kind of lame. I mean, no offense to my friends who fly alone. Um, I understand if you have to do it for a business or something, or if you own the plane already, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also you just kind of want to. I mean, the, it, the, the question of aspiration, like aspiration drives human society. We talked about this at CNET all the time when we were talking mm-hmm. about programming. Yes. We, what we used to call programming the front door, like deciding what stories were going to go on the front page that uh. in the old days, kids sweet summer children there used to be a thing called a homepage. yeah and editorial editorial and people would go to the homepage to find information and yes. then you would carefully choose what information should go there um so that people would enjoy it and click on it this those is before are, the algorithm made everybody's home page their own exactly it was actually a little Google stepping stone yeah. became the homepage for the whole world well yeah you had to type in what you wanted but there was also a, a i don't know if you remember this one there was the my craze um, so you would put my.yahoo, my.google, my.lycos, yes. 
and my.aol. And so their idea was you could program your own homepage. So before there were algorithms, you would go to your AOL or Yahoo homepage, and you would say, okay, on the left hand side, I'll put my stocks on the right hand side, I'm gonna put my sports, uh, top middle is gonna be my news. And then I want my email after that, then I want my weather over here. And you had these widgets, and there were entire startups, I kid you not, yeah. created to be homepages. And it was a really clever idea, because every time you would awesome. open a new tab, boom, your heads up display was there. Um, really, it's really literally cool what we were talking about yesterday, actually, is like, give yeah. me the ability to program my own experience. Don't, you know, don't push it on me. Anyway, um, it turned out, by the way, when I went to AOL, and I saw my company there, and I said, Hey, let me talk to the team there. It turned out like 2% of AOL users ever changed anything on their home. Exactly. Page. No one ever did. Nobody yep. ever wanted to take the time to do it. And that's why the algorithm won. Because asking people to do anything is going to result in them probably not doing anything. Yep. 100%. Okay, founders, if you're a SaaS or services company that stores customer data in the cloud, eh, you need to be SOC 2 compliant from a third party if you want to close big deals. And you don't want to close big deals. You want those lighthouse customers. Well, our friends at Vanta make it incredibly easy for you to get and renew your SOC 2. On average, Vanta customers are SOC 2 compliant in just two to four weeks. Compare that to three to five months without Vanta. And they partner with over two dozen audit firms who have been trained to file SOC 2 reports directly within Vanta. It's a total no-brainer. A bunch of our portfolio founders have used and love Vanta. They've all had an amazing experience. And if you don't have that SOC 2 compliance, well, you're just not going to get those major customers. And let's face it, those customers are the ones that are the most profitable and the lighthouse customers that draw people to your product or service. And here's the best part. Vanta's going to give you $1,000 off. That's right. Vanta, big fans of This Week in Startups. And you can get $1,000 off your Vanta SOC 2 compliance at vanta.com slash twist. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash twist for $1,000 off your SOC 2. And such a great company. I made an angel investment as well. Congratulations to the Vanta team. Well done. So anyway, now we're in the shakeout period of uh circular economy shopping right or just basically on let's just call it online thrifting i think even calling it circular economy like yes that's part of the reason that some people cool, go thrifting. and shop there but it, what it really is, is online thrifting it's yeah. cheaper it's super nice like but mm -hmm. you know this question of like lifestyle and how you represent your lifestyle is definitely changing yeah however this purchase at this discounted price is this macroeconomic do we think or does it say something about e-commerce and thrifting online well it's being bought by naver naver was like the google of um korea i actually met the team mm -hmm. there it was part of my inspiration for mahalo in the early days because at the time google was 10 blue links and i had seen oh. naver my wife is korean i had been to korea and there was a company called down daum.net and there was naver these were like the yahoo google there they had all the search market share there are countries molly where the citizens are um very much uh nationalistic and they only want to use their brands that are built in that country so if you were to look at Google uh, expanding around the world, there were like four or five countries they they really didn't um, uh, dominate in Yandex in Russia, Yahoo Japan, which was run by Masayoshi san, and was mm -hmm. a completely different experience. Uh, and Naver uh, and Daum um, were and also Taiwan, also big uh, Yahoo users. So uh, because Jerry Yang, I believe was Taiwanese. And uh, I'm correct if that was the story. So anyway, Naver bought it. They're a big portal, I think. Uh, this sounds to me like they have a thesis, right? We talked about the thesis for Figma, right? Okay, mm -hmm. they're a potential competitor. Okay, we get all those accounts. The, the market for people who need the Adobe suite is this, you know, I'm holding my hands out about six inches wide. Mm -hmm. uh, and then if I were to hold my hands out all the way to the entire population, that's Canva. And then somewhere between Canva and the Adobe suite is the Figma population. Anybody in business could have a Figma account because everybody in business has something to say about the product, probably, mm -hmm. right? Maybe not. I don't know, people in the cafeteria, maybe don't, I don't know, people in the proverbial mailroom, maybe don't. So I think there's a probably a thesis here, which is the this company is number one at thrifting, or, you know, a very big player in thrifting, and they think this yeah. is a global phenomenon. Um, and I think that's actually kind of an interesting thing, too. I wonder if moving these products around the world um, could increase prices. So we take all of the phones from America, they people know they go to South America, they go to Africa, they go to emerging markets, in some cases, frontier markets. So, you know, an iPhone 10 in a frontier market is like an iPhone 14, right? It's, it's, it's uh, going to be much better than the average phone there. Uh, so I have a feeling 
they have a thesis and I, I don't know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. But this is the bargain basement shopping, we're going to see, uh, you know, the fact that Peloton yeah, has exactly. gotten taken out, to me is shocking, BuzzFeed hasn't gotten taken out. I mean, I mm -hmm. think you're going to just see a ton of these what right. they call tuck in acquisitions. So a tuck in is uh, an acquisition that's less than one or 2%. Um, let's just put a number on it, like less than 3%, 4% of the value of a company. So neighbor versus this, I don't know what neighbor's worth, but it's got to be 50 100 billion. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling this is a tuck in acquisition. And they probably yep. have a theory, hey, how can we make this go 10x from here? Well, a little more on the circular economy, goodwill is making a push mm. to its online stores. I'm super excited about this, launching its <laughs> curated marketplace of donated goods to compete with Poshmark and the real real, and they're calling it Goodwill mm. Finds. So they're just taking all the work out of, you know, discovering that someone accidentally or not um, dropped off. Wait, like they're a calling it Goodwill Finds. What yeah. a terrible name. They could have just as easily oh, you called don't it hunting. Drift. No, just call it hunting. No, the find is the key. They no, are finding hunting. it. They took, did all the hunting. Put it together, oh, I, see where, I see where you're going there. But <laughs> I see where you're going. Okay. I'll give it to you. I got you. There you Points. Go. Cheers. You got me. Wow. That was a slow burn on my part. That's embarrassing. That shows you. you how excited I am about the fact that I literally found like a Burberry button down on Goodwill finds. Mm. Because <laughs> in thrifting brain, I was like, oh, what? I have Sterling, to say, not Silver, for me. Italy, Italian herringbone chain. Oh, my God. Uh, and not, then not for me. it all goes back to Goodwill and to charity when you bought, when you shop there. And it's going to include high end finds like real, real. Great. I love this stuff. I Goodwill love made this. I'm like, more that. No, wait, I don't understand how Goodwill works. This is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You give them stuff, you get a tax write off. Mm -hmm. They take your stuff and then they put it in a store and they sell it. Yes. Um, and they made more. It says here in our notes. According to Bloomberg, they made more than $5.4 billion in donated goods retail revenue across the U.S. and Canada last year. Uh, and they helped 100,000, they used the proceeds, the net proceeds, net proceeds basically means proceeds, the, mm -hmm. uh, to help, uh, it's always felt that was a redundant statement. The, the profits went to train 100,000 people to get full-time jobs every year. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. know that, that there was, their mission was to help people get trained for full-time jobs. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, why not make their mission? to give people high paying jobs at the Goodwill stores. Oh, they do that too. They do that too? They definitely give oh, people okay. jobs at the stores, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seems to me like, yeah, I mean, training's great, but I mean, if Goodwill is such a great business, just taking every bit of money and then making really high paying jobs would be like the total flex. I, I've always been, somebody mm -hmm. asked me like uh, on, um, I've been doing like an after all in call-in show on the call-in app and mm -hmm. uh, taking questions. And somebody asked me, you know, what, uh, what's going on in nonprofits? Is it, uh, you know, nonprofits are very challenging as a operating system for a startup mm -hmm. because you can't really make a profit. If you make a profit, it causes all kinds of problems. You're under all the scrutiny, the overhead of running a nonprofit. It's also hard. So I said, if you really want to do a nonprofit, just do what I call a four break even. Just spend all the money every year on whatever it is you want yeah. to do and just call mm -hmm. it a four break even because you get a lot more flexibility and optionality if goodwill was an actual for profit they could take the patagonian kind of approach right i think patagonian is like a four break even right the, all the profits eventually went towards this trust so goodwill should just flip to being a for profit and say we're going to pay absurd salaries with great benefits to our employees and just make it like they could show amazon exactly what would happen if all the profits, you know, and gains went to the employees? Love it. Seriously, profit, write that yeah. down, Goodwill. It's excellent. And then Maybe. the circular economy is getting so big that Google just mm. announced that it's creating an online-only startup accelerator focused on the circular economy. So companies Wait. that are... Yeah. Didn't they just telling you, lay off half huge. the people at their accelerator? I don't know. Mm. Maybe yeah, they didn't no. like that one. And now they want this one. <laughs> okay. But it's companies. Um, so they'll be doing this accelerator. It's a 10 week program for companies that are huh. focused on deliberately reusing, repairing and recycling awesome. instead of producing goods that wind up as waste. We'll offer mentorship and technical support through a mix of one to one and one to many learning sessions and applications for that accelerator opened yesterday. So go through that and then call me at the hmm. climate syndicate. Let's sure. Talk. <laughs> Let's talk. Google for startups. Yeah, this is their program. Google for startups. They've been doing this for a while. Um, and uh, they have an accelerator there. I don't know if they invest in your company or not. I don't know anybody who's gone through their accelerator. I'd love to meet them. 
I, I, a lot of times these accelerators are to help you are onboarding for their cloud computing, you know, offering. So mm -hmm. they'll, you know, not to be cynical or anything about it, it's still valid. Um, and if you go to it, I think it does help validate you because there's some selection process. So there's, there's no dig to it, but I just think that is I don't know. typically I mean, in the, the first paragraph of the TechCrunch story. Even it's like the efforts, the you know, latest to help environmentally focused startups grow while potentially hooking them on its cloud products in the process. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Yeah. So yeah. I was just giving that as a clar a clarifier that it's not a financial thing. It's a they're kind of trying to get they're trying to tick off customers, tick off not like upset, but to um. Yeah. Um, you know, intercept customers before they start using AWS. It's a very smart strategy, by the way. I think Google is brilliant for doing it. Yeah. And more folks should do it. Yeah, absolutely. And if it, listen, if, I mean, if they end up incubating great startups for me, I'm stoked. Yeah. Uh, so this is a theme class. Like we, we considered doing theme classes. The problem when you're running an accelerator of doing a theme, Molly, mm -hmm. is it's really hard to find startups that are in the stage of their life is probably a six month window, 18 months, six to 18 month window, when a startup would consider an accelerator, it's hard enough to find people who are in that window. And it, then if you narrow it to a specific vertical, it's particularly hard. But if you're doing it, and you, you don't care about how much money you're putting in in the deal, because they're not putting money in here, I think they're just giving them credits, then anybody yeah. can join it. And it's virtual. So you don't have to you know, just show up once a week, um, yeah. I think probably and just pitch your startup and stuff like that. So congratulations to them. And I think it's super cool. And it's just an interesting are... market development, too. Like it's like an interesting. Wearing... Yeah, good. Well, it, it's interesting to think that we're at the point where we're having conversations, it is mm. as yet unproven, but we're having conversations about whether you can build a venture scale business selling used stuff. Like that is a fascinating inflection point, I think. Hey, everybody, you know, Squarespace is the platform where you can build or sell anything. You know it. I've talked about it forever. It's the longest running sponsor here, I think, on the uh, old This Week in Startups. We love it at launch. We use it for all our different projects, uh, including RemoteDemoDay.com. You see a beautiful website there. I just want to run down the features for you because if you haven't been paying attention, it's more than just a pretty website. Uh, obviously, they have the most gorgeous templates in the business that look great, whether you're on a phone, an iPad, a widescreen, a laptop, any, any monitor, any browser. It just looks gorgeous. They were known for those amazing templates. But now they have, in addition to those beautiful templates, inventory management APIs, advanced analytics, so you can do e-commerce. It's obviously mobily optimized. Obviously, it's got SEO built in incredible 24 hour seven day a week support 365 days a year. But you can also do member areas. What's member areas? Well, this is where you can sell exclusive members only content. For example, now let's say you had a cooking website, you're a chef, well, you could uh, sell cooking classes on there and custom recipes or piano tutorials, the possibilities are endless. And if you build it yourself on Squarespace, you don't have to give 15% to other platforms. Let that sink in. So I want you to head to squarespace.com slash twist. Start your free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code twist to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. They've got all those great domains there. This is the best bang for the buck, folks. Squarespace.com slash twist. Amazing, amazing product. I have a way to do it that I think th these folks should go to. I think, sorry. No, I love it. I love it when it's just like the idea, the idea machine turns on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Open the hose. Go. Hold on. Let me just have a sip of my grenade. Gr grande. <laughs> I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> Where's my phone? <laughs> I have another idea. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm enthusiastic, folks. I mean, I if mean, you're tell me I'm a loyal friend and I'm enthusiastic and have a lot of ideas. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Yeah. Guilty as charged. Oh, and I'm a yeah. great capital allocator, by the way. <laughs> there could be worse. There could be worse things. Guilty as charged on all, on all counts. Um, here's a great idea make this a membership. So to be a member, you just pay 100 bucks a year to be part of these communities, unlimited buying and selling trading between parties or through the central location, but there's no transaction fees, you just put it up for whatever price you want, you pay your stripe, whatever you can put your own stripe in, uh, you can list anything you want, you could have an API to list it, whatever you just have to have a membership. And uh, you take all the fees out because I think the fees is what gets expensive here is the markups on mm -hmm. these things. I know eBay sellers, got really concerned about that. But if you know, if you had to have a membership to get in there, then the business would be sustainable. So what Goodwill should do is they should make it an online membership for their mm -hmm. online store of 50 bucks a year donated to Goodwill. And then you get access to everything or you have access for the first 30 days, something's online. And after on the 31st day, 
anybody who's non-members can see it. Or actually, everybody can see everything, but only members can buy stuff in the first 30 days. Oh. Ooh, that's it. Sorry. I had to... I, had to, I was... The yeah. gears were churning here. You just wait right here. And here's yeah. an idea. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that would be a more sustainable idea. If somebody wants to build... Mm-hmm. This is a request for a circular economy, like Josh Galt, one of our noties, is saying. All right, listen to these punch-ups and email us. Well, somebody just build an MVP or come to Founder University with this idea. Yes. Pretty good chance I'll just give you... If you built an MVP and mocked it up in Figma and something like that, I'd probably just give you the 25K uh, that we give at the end of the program, at the beginning of the program. I'm doing that with an influencer who I think is incredible, who has a million followers. And I was just like, come to Founder University and we'll give you the first 25K investment to quit your job. You know, we'll take 2.5% and you can go have the money to incorporate. So somebody who's a product person, I don't, don't, don't no idea people, somebody who actually knows how to build a product. So it, it could be no code. You can build it with no code, by the way. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. build this in Bubble or Notion or Zapier or some combination of those things. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. it. Start a company. Yeah, hey, on TikTok, you ever have this guy who is like, he's got really long hair and a beard and he's like jacked and he comes charging at the screen. And he says, go to the gym, go to the effing gym, go to the gym. You ever see this guy? Uh, uh, we've talked about this. I only have dogs. This is my favorite guy. <laughs> Some other animals, <laughs> I don't know. but it's like, I'll go to the gym, but it's his whole like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that whoa. somebody holds his camera. He has his cup of coffee. And he comes like around from like a tree and he starts like charging at you like a bull and yelling at you to go to the gym. And he's like, mm -hmm. I know you didn't go to the gym yesterday. I told you to go to the gym yesterday. You didn't go to the gym today. Go to the gym today. You didn't go yesterday. You're going to the gym. And, this is why I got to hit my burner TikTok. I got to get a burner TikTok just so I can see all the things that are on TikTok that are not here's cute an animals idea. and interspecies snuggles. Here's an idea. Okay. Well, here's what a surprise. Idea. Here's an idea. <laughs> you could just text this to me. No one will no, ever see it. Nobody will ever see it. Here's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so many jokes that will. I'm, I'm gonna sorry. have so I'm many so jokes sorry. about this at the Red end. Flag. Red flag. Um, okay. Um, here's an idea TikTok in the cloud. I will, you can offer <gasps> a service yes! for 10 bucks a month, and you can open up to 10 TikTok instances in the cloud, like virtual TikToks. Mm hmm create whatever login you want for it and then start swiping and have it swipe 10 times a day, whatever. So it keeps the things active and uh, just send them on different things. So you could have one for fashion. One, right. So basically have personas in the cloud. So you could pull right. it up on your desktop and be like, oh. this is my fashion TikTok. This is my travel TikTok. This is my food TikTok. And you just do 10 food searches. You do 10 fashion searches, but you just separate them out. That's so awesome. Just instances. Yeah. Because I don't instances. want to have to create a different account and a password and this and that. Give me instances. Oh, uh, so I good. Mean, this is what a lot of hackers do is they will run for privacy. Yeah. They'll run a virtual desktop on their desktop. So here I am on a Mac or if I'm on Windows or on a Chrome, you can pop up, you know, with AWS, like a Windows desktop. They pop up a Windows desktop. Boom. They have everything in there. They're using an IP address and those virtual desktops. Then when the desktop goes away, whose desktop was it? What right. was it doing? <laughs> right. You know. What was the IP? What are the cookies? It doesn't matter. It's just a desktop. Uh, and I think you can do virtual. Somebody correct me in the note is, is there a way to pop up a virtual iOS instance in the cloud? I, I know you can do it for Android, I'm sure. But iOS may there not let you do be, that. Well, there probably is a developer version. For right? developers, yes. But I don't think it would But I don't know if you can feel do that. to Apple like it was an actual iOS thing. Right. You have to just get a burner phone, I guess would be the easier way you to do it. And then mirror it to your desktop. Um, but yeah. That's like a little spycraft thing. That's how a lot of spycraft works. Gray man. Hashtag gray man. Um, yeah. I, okay. I finally downloaded book. I'm up to book six in the gray man series. I have to literally. And I was like, I'm oh. not allowed to open this until after like the investment. You know, I was like, you can't, can't even listen to these. <laughs> I'm so addicted to them. Okay. I can't wait to hear what ideas you have for liquid death. <laughs> Sorry. Today's oh, uh, my pet Peter huge, company. Yeah. huge fundraising news. Just bananas. Oh. It, this is one of those products that came into market and every and the and the collective snicker was mm -hmm. heard around the world, right? Like we need more manly water. And they mm -hmm. <laughs> created this water. It's water. It's in a can, actually. So it's way uh, more environmentally friendly than plastic, right? Forever chemicals out. Yep. Um, it's tall boys of water mm -hmm. yep. with cool design. And Liquid Death just raised 
how much money? $70 million at a $700 million valuation. So all y'all were wrong, horribly wrong. You were so wrong. So, you know. Water in a can, bees. I I saw this and I was like, I drink sparkling water. I love having salsa out of a can. That's like one of my favorite things. I like the mouthfeel of a can. Love Um, it. I like. Love it. I, I'm well. I, I'm I'm a glass, then can, then plastic. Probably like most people. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I used to like to get a salsa water when I lived in New York out of a can, and I saw this, this. And my friend Peter Fan from Science, you know, yeah. was the. I guess he's a co-founder of it, um, or they incubated it with another guy. This is really just about, you know, you um, have a party, and uh, you don't want to use plastic, right? So that yep. a lot of the my understanding is a lot of the music festivals. Uh, the angle they've used is they can sell these cans for more money and you feel terrible using plastic. And again, back to like a generational shift, even our Gen X, we know about plastics. Like we were, we were started, started, they started to indoctrinate us into like this, like don't use plastic. I now, if somebody gives me a straw, I hand it right back to them. Plastic straw, I hand it right back to them and say, do you have paper? And like a number of times I've done that, the person says it is paper. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You can't right. tell the difference when they give it mm-hmm. to you. I'm like, sorry, I, I don't. Is it? I, uh, I don't want to use plastic, and I use metal straws at home. So I think that's the beginning of this. Is that mm-hmm. a lot of these festivals get to say, "Hey, we we are zero plastic." Yeah, exactly. And you know, at it's, our events, you can actually report like a yes. net zero or a waste thing. It goes into your Correct. scope three emissions. Like it's all, yeah. If you're doing those things, yeah. And if but if you're having a backyard party, you're probably like nobody's doing like scope three emissions report. No, uh, but these but look a lot cooler. Way. And you they feel look that cooler, way. design is cool, you feel better. And then I think, uh, on top of that, and probably underreported is when you don't drink alcohol, and you get pressure to drink alcohol, anybody who's a young person has been through this. Um, I used to order uh, cranberry and club soda, when I didn't mm-hmm. drink and I was at bars in my youth. And people were like, what are you drinking? A vodka cranberry? I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. I, I don't drink. I don't like mm-hmm. alcohol. It makes me feel terrible. So, you know, I have a glass of champagne once in a while, like Love Clicquot, um, or like a dessert wine. Uh, and so I would drink that just because it would take the pressure off. Because people wouldn't give me a hard time when I was in my 20s. Yep. And so I think a lot of people who will be drinking these, it's like people think it's a, you know, whatever. Uh, looks like a, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Looks like it a looks drinking, more like so a drink, right? It's got yeah. kind of a mocktail like the mocktail thing is really in right now. It's got that kind of mocktail vibe slash you could think that it was a white car or some other hard seltzer drink. Like it really, I mean, 100%. This is a mm-hmm. social engineering success story. Correct. Like cool branding, yes. riding that the the wave of environmental consciousness that we you know started talking about with Poshmark um, and giving people kind of social comfort. I think also they have flavors in too. Do they? I thought it was literally still just water. I, that's how they started, and that became kind of like a joke, and they wrote it. But now, um, if you go to their website, like you know, they have like the mountain water from the Alps, uh, but they do sparkling water now, um, and they have mm, lime, okay, mango chainsaw. So um, more of a like a Lacroix situation after all. Then uh, some are some are claiming, by the way, that Liquid Death is agave. the fastest growing non-alcoholic beverage ever. Yeah. I Which think I love, in- honestly, I mean, compared to energy drinks, like compared to all this other crappy stuff, like, great, sell us awesome water. I mean, yes, you Fantastic. can get it from the tap. You definitely can do that. And you can put it in a bottle and fill it up and take it with you. Take it from me. Hiring developers is really hard. And so many startups struggle to hire fast enough to keep up with demand. So Lemon.io is going to help you hire better developers, and they're going to help you do it faster. Okay, that's the key. They have a network of engineers from Europe and Latin America, and every candidate has been tested and interviewed by their team. Here's how Lemon.io will help you. No more wasting time with unqualified candidates. No, these are all vetted and tested, and you're going to have easy access to global talent. And they can get your developer up and running. You're not going to believe this in under a week. And of course, it's more affordable. I can't tell you how many companies I know are burning money every month, but their product's not improving. And if your product doesn't improve, well, then you can't make money. You can't hit your milestones. You need developers to hit your milestones. You don't hit your milestones. Investors will not put more money in and you won't get revenue coming in from your customers. Okay. So if you want to save time, you want to get a great developer, you want to save money, 
All you have to do is go to lemon.io slash twist and they'll give you 15% off your first four weeks. That's right, 15% off your first four weeks when you go to lemon, L-E-M-O-N dot I-O slash twist. It is so hard to find developers. They are so expensive. And that's why you need lemon.io. It shows you that branding does matter. You know, branding so really like packaging matters. and branding does matter. Uh, less people don't think it does. So if you have a startup, you know, and, and Apple figured this out very early. They said, let's just take our time building products. We don't have to be first to market. We should just make it the most beautiful thing in market. And the packaging matters. So Apple Mango chainsaw. M- made unboxing uh, so good that the Engadget team created the concept when uh, when I was running it, uh, mm-hmm. Peter and Ryan literally created the concept of unboxing. And what they would do is and I was like, guys, you're wasting time. This is costing us bandwidth. Like, there's 40 photos of you taking your laptop out of the box. And they're like, it, and I said, the bandwidth is getting crazy. You know, can you just put like four photos? They're like, no, we put it in a gallery. That's why we have so many goddamn page views. People are hitting the next button, the next button. They love the step by step story of unpacking it. They like yep. to see like literally the Apple fans like to see the paper being peeled off the back of the Loved whatever it. product it was the iPad or whatever. <laughs> and yeah, the unboxing like the experience. Yeah. ASMR. <laughs> it was and mm-hmm. uh, you know, now I think we're at the point where the the unboxing and the packaging maybe works against the environmental message. Mm-hmm. But this is just great. It shows you what consumers I, I really like to think about how consumers yes. change over generations. Now that there are two three generate the three generations really after us um and watching that change is wonderful right like mm-hmm. um i think overall yeah uh and this is part of that generational shift is like I, the idea that a young person would buy a plastic bottle they're just like ah yeah and i did at my events um there are water purifying machines and they chill water and they're high pressure so I don't know if we have a link to one of them, but I could show it to you. They're like uh, a bunch of taps and you roll this machine in, you run hoses, it filters the water in real time, it cools it in real time. And when mm-hmm. you pull the tap, you know, when you go fill a water bottle, it's like trickle, trickle, trickle. This thing you pull the tap, it's, like, whoo, it's got like a pump on it. And you get 10 taps there. And then what we do is we would sell glass bottles with the launch logo on it for five bucks. Uh, you know, we buy them for, it. you know, two or three bucks, put the launch bottle on and people would say, hey, uh, can I get some water? We're like, yep, yeah, right over there. Buy a bottle. And we have a Contigo for, you know, 30 bucks. We got a Yeti for 50 bucks. We got a generic bottle for $2. But we wanted to put a cost on it. Because then when people bought the glass bottle, um, they wouldn't throw it away. Because like, oh, it's going to cost me 2 bucks. I have to go back. I'm going to have more it. water. I'm going to keep it, right? And so I, I know this sounds really crazy, too. And people are going to make fun of me. But I um, will travel with my Contigo. And I bring some of my beverages with me in little packets. Like I have the, my little um, athletic greens or I'll have uh, like a sports drink, a liquid IV I have the packets for. And so when I'm traveling, I will wash that out of my hotel sink. She mm-hmm. get, you know, in, or in the bathroom. And then at a lot of airports, uh, there will be filtered water stations and I'll put a liquid IV in there or in the morning time, my athletic greens, shake it up. Boom, I'm good. Wait, so I you save think people money. are going to make fun of you for that? Doesn't Whatever, everyone I, do that? Does everybody do that now? Carry I like a Contigo with them in their backpack? So. I don't know. Yeah, or it's some just, kind of a water bottle and have all your beverages. And yeah, 100%. I mean, I don't know. Listen, I'm here in the bubble. So oh, you know really what? Sure. maybe it's because actually the times I've had people be like, what are you doing? Like, I think it's been when I've been with rich people on private jets. <laughs> and they're, you right. know, I'm drinking from a Contigo and they're just like, right. what, what are you doing? Right. Like, we have Crystal right. on the plane, you know, whatever it is. Um, it is fascinating, though. And like to have five generations basically shopping right now all at the same time, right? Because right. you have everybody from boomers to Gen Z and to keep like keep an eye on this to bring it back to the startup and investment lens. Yeah. Look at this. Next time you're tempted to laugh at like super well branded water in a can. Ask yourself if there's a market there and think accordingly, because apparently there is. Now, this may market. be a crazy valuation. I think this we is should lightning acknowledge, in a though. Lightning in a can? Ew. Lightning in a can. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's, this is lightning in a can, for sure. It's right. like, uh, Molly? It's, good. Thank you. Thanks. Get there. <laughs> Get there. Get there. there. Uh, it is good lightning chunk, in a can. It's, most people are not going to be able to do this. I implore you to stay out of the 
beverage business unless you have a specific passion and a really really clever idea um the world does not need like the 10th you know whatever yeah drink we really have a really good thesis i is be thoughtful i i to see is so hard so yeah. hard like and by the way this is the greatest success story ever and it's worth 700 million <laughs> you know like if you were an investor you and you right invested now, in this making some faces well i mean if you invested in this at 50 million or 100 million or 25 million like yeah. And then you got diluted by 50%, you know, and you had put a million dollars into it, and you own 2%, now you own 1%. Okay, you got $7 million on a million dollar investment, whatever it was. Like, it's just hard to make, it's a hard, it's a hard way to make money, D to C. Uh, yeah. D to C, very hard. Very hard. Does not scale gracefully. This is, and this has also been, what, is this a six, seven year story now? I think so. And it's a 3x growth, right? 3x year over year growth. That's impressive. And it's now, it's a. Oh, it's a three-year story. It's only three years. Oh, wow. Yeah, fastest-growing mm. non-alcoholic beverage ever. Mm. I mean, this one really is a rocket ship. It is, yeah. It's, but it's, hard to replicate. However, take note of the changing, mm. uh, the changing values and the changing tastes of consumers here, if you are in this space, because it's super relevant. Another thing uh, that the Gen Zs and the Millennials are super into, thank goodness, is mental health. Yes, And this is just a really interesting, like VCs and startups going really mainstream kind of celebrity culture story, mental health focused startup called Wondermind that was co-founded by Selena Gomez and her mom mm -hmm. just launched its website this week and raised a seed round from Serena Williams, new mm -hmm. VC firm. They raised, um, but this is where this gets kind of fascinating. The startup just launched its website this week. Raised $5 million at a $100 million valuation. <laughs> Hold on. Spit take. I mean, oh my lord. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not so a 100 typo. million, so they have 20 million, they have 10, 20 million in revenue? They have, uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> no don't. revenue, right? Yep, yep none. But it does have a 500,000 person email list. So you Those can emails. see how that math worked out. Well, I would say a consumer email, you can actually put a value on them, probably worth 50 bucks each. Um, okay. So, you know, that that is a $25 million asset, maybe. Uh, if you think you uh, could uh, monetize okay. at $10 a year for a generic consumer, maybe $5 a year, $10 a year, and five years, you could make $50 per person, you might value them at 50 bucks. If it was a B2B, if this was like, <clears throat> uh, actual psychologists, uh, mm -hmm. or it was people in the drug industry, you know, a vertical B2B newsletter, those might each be worth a uh, hundred to $300 each because, you know, they're very specific and targeted. So emails, newsletters to, can be worth some money, the uh, the value for each one. That's no joke to get 500,000 subscribers. See, look at that. How do you see? Amazing. Yeah. Although there's still some first law stuff here happening, right? $100 million valuation, mean? no revenue. Um, this is, uh, it's not quite Jason's law because it's not, not all the way there. Uh, no, no. And they have the, the email newsletter, true value of the startup, probably 25 million. Uh, we don't know how much they make per year with that email newsletter. Let's say that 500,000, uh, and let's say, you know, it makes, um, I don't know, uh, every week, a hundred thousand from the newsletter could be mm -hmm. 5 million in revenue, could be two and a yeah. half million in revenue if they're sold out possibly. Um, the great news about this is when you have a celebrity uh, who has hundreds of millions of followers like Selena Gomez does or Serena yeah. Williams does, uh, the acquisition cost for some emails could go to zero. So right. if Serena were to write an article every month in this uh, or a journal, like and put it into the email uh, or Selena did this like every other week, you could mm -hmm. see that be a creative like Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop newsletter. <laughs> so you can use celebrity to convert yeah. And buying emails, I think most of the, um, like the uh, Morning Brew, I think they were spending like 50 or 100 bucks to acquire emails mm -hmm. uh, back in the day. And, you know, then they hope that one out of three sticks around. So it can get quite expensive. Uh, the Skim was the other one that was an yes. email newsletter oh, company. I loved the Skim. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this really, Selena Gomez has 349 million followers on mm. Instagram. Yeah. 349 so million. So I mean, it's not so yeah, I mean, when you look at it that way, 50 to 100 to $200, you know, per subscriber, the question is, how will they monetize? And we don't really know at the moment. 
it appear it's mostly content. So I don't know if it is expected to be sort of a it, people are calling it like a more celebrity version of psychology today or WebMD for people who are searching for content around mental health yeah. and they have um, 11, an advisory committee of 11 mental health professionals, professionals to make sure the content is accurate, responsive, inclusive, and relevant. I mean, I would say it sort of sounds like a more scientifically backed Goop. And we know that Goop has been really successful and has had a lot of yeah. product offshoots and a lot of merch integrations. And I, I think this is like the right product at the right time with a couple of beloved celebrities around it. There's a great subscription opportunity here. I've looked at a lot of mental fitness apps. It is a real thing. Mm -hmm. um and the the delivery of mental health services through uh apps or the web is a real thing obviously we're investors in calm which some people use as a uh, part of their mental health practice right to lower mm -hmm. anxiety um to be more intentional and so there is a whole category if you want to look it up of uh behavioral therapies dialectical behavioral therapy dbt c um that's uh cognitive behavioral therapy basically uh, treatments that you can deliver the modality would be filling out a survey doing a journal entry um, and then doing that in coordination and and better help is a, a tremendous company that does virtual uh, therapy and so there could be if this aggregates enough people the ability to add to it those type of things for a subscription and yeah. maybe even provide mental health services so there's like many things in healthcare, there's um, content, WebMD, mm -hmm. like here's some content. Mm -hmm. um, then there's services by mental health professionals. Well, what's in between those two things, right? Exactly. There's going to college. There's like a Wikipedia page to get you education. What's in between those two things? And I think mm -hmm. looking in between the two extremes, like free content on YouTube, free content on Wikipedia, and then giving 100,000 to a college institute, well, there's brilliant.org, um, which we're investors in, uh, that or masterclass, which we're not investors in. You can fill in between these two extremes. So I think that would be my best advice here. Mm -hmm. If I was an investor in is like, ha what can we do in between people going to better help? Uh, or going and finding a therapist, and one of them might be a paid subscription, 10 bucks a month, get meditation, maybe, maybe get uh, here is a, a journaling product. And I get pitched on these all the time. I've I've been looking for an app to invest in, actually, because I think people would pay 50 bucks, 100 bucks a year for an app that made them more grateful, lowered their anxiety, you know, a little bit of what Calm does, a lot of what uh, dialectical behavior therapy from, yeah, I think I'm pronouncing yeah. that correct. I'm looking DBT, up, yeah. um, by the way, how much people spent on have been spending recently on astrology and i'm imagining oh God, that no but seriously right you look it, something it up related like, i'm feeling like this i have this mental health crisis i don't know how to deal with this or that or whatever and and by the way i don't mean mental health crisis in the sense where it's like you an acute emergency it's just like i feel like this and i don't know what to do and you look that up online and you end up at like astrology apps and so spending on astrology apps Users in one single month, in the month of July of like 2021, spent more than $5.3 million on mm. the top 10 highest grossing horoscope apps. It's considered, uh, as during the pandemic, it became a $2.2 billion industry. Imagine capturing that with vetted mental health advice instead. And then all of a sudden, I am just all in on this $100 million value. <laughs> yeah. because people will spend a lot to take care of themselves right now and right now they're mostly ending up at like hocus pocus and don't get me wrong i read my horoscope every day <laughs> i did my I mean, birth chart you know the cost of doing this the inconvenience of doing it some people don't like to um you know go to therapists listen if you're in distress and things are not going well for you go get help of course um mm -hmm. and then you know if uh let me see if i can find one of these i'm giving my uh producers like some of these worksheets uh but here you can pull up those two worksheets i just sent for the audience to see if you're on youtube.com so this weekend and there are all these worksheets online i can't actually see this one on my tiny uh, teleprompter here but um, urge surfing a technique for anyway. managing your unwanted behaviors right so wow. 
this is cognitive behavior. The school of I was a, I was going to be a, a a PhD in psychology. That was my dream. I was, was wondering. Clinical. Yeah, got, I was yeah. going to either be a clinical psychologist or go into forensic, um, and then. Mm -hmm. You know, after my psychology degree, I, I got derailed because of the internet. But anyway, this whole school of thinking is really interesting. Some people, they just need to have the tools to know how to deal with adversity in their life. And they give these to therapists or they give these to groups. There are group settings for this kind of stuff. And, it, it you know, there's deep psychotherapy, which like that requires a lot of skill, a lot of training. And then there are, you know, again, that between the extremes. Mm -hmm. going to like doing deep psychoanalysis or you know deep therapy or what, whatever therapy modality you choose there's a bunch of different schools there um it, there could be worksheets that you could do there are self-help books um and, and you could productize these i'm surprised people have not productized these i've been yeah. waiting for somebody to productize this category um i think part of it is like giving this kind of help to people without you know having a therapist in the room maybe people are concerned of you know on outcomes or something like that but uh yeah i could imagine that i think you gotta be thoughtful about it promising it these outcomes would be yeah exactly but what we're seeing well also i think people just haven't seen it as a money-making industry because there was so much stigma around it right like yeah. we are actually at a real inflection point where it's possible that this could be the it's moment time. you yeah, know it's, it's definitely time. time for this yeah yeah uh, people will pay for it. Um, we saw journaling companies, a lot of those, and that became a thing. So, and I just met somebody. I was at um, I was at the Tesla AI day, and somebody came up. Oh, I'm a huge fan. I, I worked at this big, large company. I just quit to do an app. It's reminding me. I got I got to email him back. And he had a really good idea, just you know, for helping people with a very specific type of uh, emotional state. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's I'm really interested to see where you go with that. Like, I would pull that string um, and see where you go with it because yeah. I think you could do a lot to help people uh, in very specific verticals with very specific techniques um, and just educate them on what they're feeling, right? Uh, and I, I think this can be done without, there, there are aspects of this that can be done without an actual therapist with the disclaimer, hey, if you're, you know, uh, in a, some kind of acute situation, go to the emergency room type thing. Uh, and I think society is kind of getting a little more used to empowering people with information as opposed to, you know, having to go to the doctor every time you have some experience, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to call your doctor for everything. I think there's probably things you could figure out on your own. Well, there's a shortage of every single doctor, right? Like we should acknowledge that part of yeah. the whole part of the gap that this fills is that people can't get access to mental health care right now. Like sometimes, you know, literally can't find a therapist. Like if you're in California, I think yeah. they're all the entire like all of Kaiser's oh, really? mental health staff is on strike. Oh, great. And and every <laughs> therapist in America is completely overloaded because everyone is having a crisis like this is really. Yeah. I mean, I, I have like, you know, despite this is why I keep listening all the way to the end of this show, because despite where you start when you say hundred million dollars and you spit out your tea, you end up like, can't, are you guys still taking checks? Because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the, <laughs> the good in. news. Well, I mean, the good well, news is like they're going to have to fill in that valuation. Not investment advice, by the way. Not investment advice, but I mean, if no. they were gr if they were tripling revenue and they did, you know, three million this year and they were on track to hit six to nine million next year, the valuation might make sense if they had done one million, three million, and it was looking like they were going to do nine million next year. Sure. Yeah, I don't think that's the case here. We don't see the the revenue yet. Pre, so pre revenue, right now. Okay, so if it's pre-revenue, it makes no yeah. sense. Um, but the potential is there for this to be doing, you know, a couple of million dollars from the email newsletter alone, mm -hmm. you know, starting tomorrow, uh, if mm -hmm. they have 500,000 real email addresses on there for a consumer type email. Consumer emails need to hit millions, B2B tens of thousands to, to, to make millions for obvious reasons. All right, great episode. Fascinating. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for yeah. bearing with us through the awkward parts tomorrow. <laughs> It'll get less awkward when this is all over. I'll, it, I'll, I'll I, I like cannot wait. We should just we should just do a day. <laughs> just do a everything. debrief. We'll do a day long debrief. Ah, oh, yes, that'd be so great. That'd It'll be, so be amazing. Great. We'll call it therapy. Um, stay <laughs> tuned tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow we have a new series starting. Oh, we which do. Which is going to be freaking fascinating. What is that? The 2022 edition of the next unicorns. Ah, yes. There could still be unicorns. Companies could still break out and become very successful. So we're going to find companies mm -hmm. that 
you know, we think are in that 100 million to $500 million valuation, you know, have gotten to that 10 or 20 million in revenue, and that they could be the next companies that'd be worth billions of dollars. And then obviously, if that happens, they could be companies that could eventually become publicly traded companies. So we like to do this every year. Try to figure out who's in that in that group. And we actually yep. need to go back and we should get this week in startups.com slash next unicorn setup, Nick. And we should put a list of all the previous companies with links to their episodes. If that URL is not up yet, when you when I when you go to it, we'll have it up in the next day or two. Uh, but we should actually see if they did become unicorns. That'd be good to look at our track. That record. is awesome. We should totally do that. Well, tomorrow, yeah. we're going to interview a really interesting founder in a field related to investing your personal huh. money, which is, a, again, so mm. relevant to all of us. It's the it's the disintermediation of everything. There is no more expertise. There's just like DIY. DIY with some online help. It's going to be fascinating. All right. Uh, stay, stay tuned. tuned.